It's a warm summer night in St. Louis. You and your family are hustling through Forest Park. Well, you're hustling. The kids are meandering with melted frozen lemonades. You pat yourself down to locate car keys and glance around for landmarks. Weird-looking oak tree? Check. You're still humming a tune from the show as you get everyone settled and merge into the sea of taillights, but a question rises to the top of your mind. How does the Muni find all of those crazy, talented people? Welcome to Classic 107.3's Attuned, the podcast that amplifies your knowledge of the artistic and cultural community in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Julie Schuster. This is Series 1, Episode 5 of Cast Me at the Muni, an exploration of the audition process. The Muni is the United States' oldest and largest outdoor musical theater, and it's located in Forest Park in St. Louis. In this fifth conversation, I sit down with actress and native St. Louisan April Strellinger. We talk about the joys and challenges of Muni performances, think wings and weather. April tells us about the unusual circumstances behind her 2020 audition, shares her best audition advice, and reveals some Muni magic. April Strellinger, tell me about yourself. I am born and raised in St. Louis, so I think that's kind of a cool thing to be mm-hmm. performing at the Muni and coming back here. I went to Incarnate Word Academy, so that was my high school for everyone who wants to know. And then after high school, I left and went to New York and did college up there and stayed up there for a while, did the New York thing. And then I moved back here in 2002 and got married and had a beautiful boy. And now I'm back and just doing professional theater here in St. Louis and around town. How old is your son? He just turned 11. Any Muni kid, Muni teen future for him? He did do Newsies, but he plays the guitar really, really well. So for him, I think as a parent, it's our duty to kind of look and see where a kid's talent lie and let them try a lot of things. But if they show a lot of promise in one way to kind of guide them to that. So right now that's kind of where he's focusing. So hopefully Muni will do like School of Rock and he'll be back. (laughs) It'll be perfect. It'll be amazing. <laughs> so what was your first Muni show? My first Muni show was Les Mis mm-hmm. in 2013, and it was a pretty magical experience. Why? Well, the show itself is epic, and to be sort of inaugurated into the Muni atmosphere with that kind of a show was just something grand to behold. Yeah, just to be on the stage and singing that grand of music to that many people. And I think the show got sold out maybe three nights, three, four nights that you'd look out and there wasn't an open seat in the house. And it was amazing. It was breathtaking. When you say that Muni atmosphere, tell me what you mean by that. Well, I think those who go to the Muni a lot know that the Muni itself holds this energy. There's so many people from so many different walks of life that come together to watch live theater. That in and of itself holds this amazing energy. But then to be on stage and participating in that energy, being a catalyst to that energy, it just adds more to it. And of course you're in the moment and of course you're acting and feeling things on stage, but you're also able to just kind of tap into that beautiful gift that the audience is giving you to. 
because they're right there, you know, holding their breath. And there's 11,000 of them right there holding their breath. So it's very different and quite powerful. Is that the biggest audience for whom you've performed? I think so. I think Les Mis, I think Les Mis was like record-breaking, at least back then. So yeah, and I've done, I've done a considerable amount of shows. I think that was the first time, although maybe it also was because it was my first time, to look out and just see this sea of people. I think that sort of fits everyone the same way. That's the yeah. feeling I get from talking to the artists who perform at the Muni, that it's just this overwhelming sight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, no matter how many times you've performed, no matter how successful you've been, there's something about seeing all of those people that's just incredible. Yes. And conversely too, I will say during Hello Dolly, we had such a rainy season that season and Hello Dolly starring Beth Lovell and John O'Hurley. It was a pretty magical show just with Beth being Dolly, but we had so many rainouts and possible rainouts. And I do remember one night it was raining pretty heavily, but the audience stayed they wanted to see the Dolly number. They wanted to see her coming down the stairs. And the actors were asked, do they feel safe? Do they want to do this number? And everybody was like, yes, I want to do this number for the people that are out there that are sticking around. And no, it wasn't a sea of people like it normally was, but it almost meant more because people were there with umbrellas just waiting to see this. It was amazing. There aren't a lot of outdoor theaters, certainly not of this caliber. So that was a rainy season. What other kind of challenges do you face that are specific to the Muni? <laughs> Bugs. <laughs> Bugs are very exciting. I once was on stage during a show of Into the Woods, and I was playing the stepsister Lucinda, and I had on a robe. And at one point during the song, I assume it was a moth. It was some winged creature flew into my robe and I missed a line because I was feeling the wings on my skin <laughs> and I just out of like sheer terror smacked it on my chest, killed the thing and then picked right back up what I was singing and what I was doing. But uh, that definitely was a challenge that I hadn't quite anticipated. Sure. Um, luckily, it didn't go in my mouth, but still <laughs> the feeling of those wings on your skin while you're trying to like create something was uh was pretty distracting i can imagine <laughs> what about the heat for me the heat as of right now has never been an issue i welcome it okay. i love it the winter is my sad time where you know i can never get warm and my body hurts but in the summer i just feel so limber and i have very naturally curly hair and my hair turns into this huge it becomes this other thing and i'm just like in my element and i will say the really cool thing about the Muni is a lot of the designers know and anticipate that there are weather challenges. So for instance, when I was doing Fiddler on the Roof, it's an Anatevka mm -hmm. in the winter. Right. And still, when the sun goes down, it's still 87 degrees. But we have these amazing designers and amazing costume designers that have the wherewithal to say, okay, this is what it's supposed to be, but I'm not going to make these poor actors be in wool coats. So for example, the designer picked fabric that looked like wool, but it actually was really lightweight and we were okay wearing fingerless gloves and 
and semi-faux well, I'm ruining uni magic right here. <laughs> I'm giving away all the secrets. But yeah, so I love that there are these amazing other people that the audience doesn't see, but that they're still making decisions to help the actors but also to help tell the story and you would never know that we weren't wearing wool right i've caught myself as an audience member going look at you in that heavy dress or that heavy coat oh my sure. gosh you poor thing because i'm here in really short shorts and a tank top and i'm still warm so <laughs> right i will say the hottest the hottest year was during all shook up and that was the first year i was in a cotton shift the poor costume people every night. I sweated through that thing because that was a very heavy dancing show too. I sweated through that costume pretty profoundly. I don't know what would have happened if we were doing, you know, Fiddler on the Roof right. in that time slot in that <laughs> season. That might have, I, I might not have been as appreciative of the costume design. Let's talk about auditions mm -hmm. a little bit. How do you prepare for an audition? I think there are a couple things that I do on a general um, but then there are also a couple things that I do specifically to tailor myself to the season. So I would say generally one of my biggest things is I try to listen to all the shows in the season. Thankfully now we have amazing resources that we can hop on YouTube or we can hop on um, some sort of music app and listen to all this music very easily. So I try to do that and try to figure out in my own mind, even though I'm not a casting director, what I fit into or what I could possibly be cast in, mm -hmm. in that season. And I think that it's really important to be very honest with yourself about that as well. I'm not 20 anymore, so I have to be very honest and go, hmm, well, I'm probably not going to be considered for 42nd Street. You know, I'm not going to be a 20-year-old dancer in sequins anymore. So I like to listen to everything and kind of figure that out. I also make sure that I always check in with my vocal coach. I think that's very important because I think as an actor, we all think we know what we do best. Mm -hmm. But as a human, we're always changing. Sure. So it's really important to have a vocal coach that you feel comfortable with, that's honest with you, and that's supportive. Mm -hmm. that can help you figure out where you are right now, how you're changing and how to best show yourself in that room. So you would go to your coach and say, okay, do you think I could do this role or is it more, how does that work? Well, I think that it kind of depends on who your vocal coach is, but, but yeah, I go and I say, this is what I'm thinking that I can kind of fit into casting wise. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Okay. Yes. Okay, great. You agree. Then these are the songs that I'm thinking about working on to kind of, because a, a big part of auditioning is not to go in with the songs from the show. Oh, interesting. Unless it's asked for specifically. Okay. Why is that? Um, I think a lot of times they're casting for a broad amount of shows. And although you might fit three you still don't want to shoot yourself in the foot for something else. Sure. Okay. So you're thinking specifically of the Muni when you say that. Correct. Okay. Although a lot of theaters, especially in St. Louis, cast for the season rather than cast for specific shows. That's more callback oriented. Okay. I'm speaking to specifically like the first general kind of audition Got that it. you go to. So yeah. So checking in with the vocal coach, making sure that the songs that you pick kind of align, align musically 
with the shows that you think would be best for casting, but that aren't necessarily those shows. Right. And then I think the third thing that I do, and this is kind of just an ongoing thing, I'm continually working on myself, how to deal with stress, how to deal with nerves, how to deal with who I am so that I can walk in a room and feel comfortable. For example, I have a daily yoga practice and that I think just helps me. And especially during audition season, that is self-care that comes first because when we take time and we breathe and we learn how to breathe and we learn how to be in our body, it's going to help us better when we get into a room where our adrenaline is high and we may or may not know the people in the room and we may or may not know the situation of the room. If I have a daily practice and I'm able to tap into that, that helps me exponentially moving forward. That's interesting. You know, you've auditioned certainly here at the Muni and obviously other places as well. So many times now one might guess, oh, you know, she's an old pro. She doesn't get nervous anymore. She doesn't get tense. And that's not the case. I would be lying if I said that I got like terribly nervous, but I think anything that we want to do, there's a higher stake. So naturally, if we want to get a part or to get in this show, then we're going to be a little more nervous because we're investing. But yes, like you said, then you, you make sure that you're breathing, you stretch before you get in your body. You don't just go in cold. You know, you wouldn't do that for a job interview. So you certainly don't do that for an audition. Tell me your best audition story. My best audition story. I think my best audition story is probably what happened this year. Earlier this year, I had a pretty major surgery on my foot and they basically built me a new foot. Wow. Which for someone who has this career could be life altering. Sure. And I was very worried because at the point of auditions this year, I was just newly able to put weight on my foot. I was on a scooter for six weeks, one of those very attractive scooters that you see people. I'm just, this is a public service announcement. If you ever see someone on a scooter, just breathe and know that they're going through a lot because nobody on a scooter chooses to be on a scooter. <laughs> it's not like when you were a kid and a scooter was a fun thing. No. If they only gave people from foot surgery, like those big wheels that might, maybe then people might choose to be on them, but those terrible scooters are never a choice. So I will say it was very interesting because I started thinking, Oh, you know, I, I get to do this audition on a scooter. What does that mean as a performer? You know, you are, you're so in your body and here I had this other thing that I had to deal with and it then became a part of my audition. And I have to say the Muni was a hundred percent, probably a thousand percent accommodating to help me get into the building because there are things that you don't think about accessibility wise, sure. get into the building, gave me a little extra time because that is, once again, we're talking about nerves and things like that. That's an added thing that you're adding a complete unknown. And, and so I honestly have to say my best audition story and possibly my best audition for the Muni was this year because I came into it with so much intention and I felt so supported from the Muni team that it just, it just helped me give a really great audition. I wish I had something funnier. No, that's, but 
I did finish my song and then in a beautiful, graceful, swan-like way, roll away. (laughs) Very Fanny Bryce-esque. Maybe Um, they'll work that into the show. Yeah, right? (laughs) Perhaps. I hope not to be in a scooter for the shows. That would be terrible. So tell me what you're going to be in. I am going to be in Sweeney Todd, and I'm going to be in Sound of Music. So that's very exciting. Have you been in those shows before? I've not either. Once again, typecasting wise, I don't really align myself with being a nun. But luckily, I am gracefully aging. So now I'm like, yeah, I could play a nun. They'll put a habit on me. And I would just like our listeners to know that she's talking as if she's 90 years old. (laughs) And she's this beautiful, (laughs) vibrant woman. So I'm not a 20 year old nun anymore. I don't know. I just think of well, I guess, no, I guess, yes. I I could wear orthopedic shoes and it would be fine. Growing up in St. Louis and being taught by Catholic school nuns, I have a very different picture. I'm glad I don't align myself with being a nun now that I think about it. <laughs> Never mind. Forget everything. What's been the biggest change in the audition process at the Muni? It's pretty consistent. I am one of those odd birds that love auditioning. I really get a thrill from auditioning. I feel like it's a way that you can be super prepared, but also not know what things are going to be thrown your way. And I really get a high from that. Auditions are pretty consistent, but I will say Michael Baxter has taken this new amazing role at the Muni and he has been a friend for many years. I've kind of seen him grow up from being a Webster Conservatory student to an amazing performer and now into this amazing new role at the Muni. And Michael brings such an energy behind the table that I will say that is an amazing gift and improvement this year. I was on the Muni Instagram and they were doing this whole thing during Muni auditions and they pulled the audience and said, you know, what is your best audition advice? And my best audition advice is to go into the audition, remembering that the people behind the table want to cast you. They don't want you to fail. They don't want you to mess up. They want you to come in and nail it. And I think that helps when you go into an audition, but it also is the truth. They want you to be the next amazing thing. And I will say Michael Baxter embodies that. He is just this amazing person that is so supportive and so into what are you going to give me? And then he mirrors it back, you know, with encouragement and smiles and just being a real person that it's a gift. And although the audition experience has been super consistent, just having him behind the table has been really cool. So the first Muni show was Les Mis. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that call? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was pretty exciting. One of the very first theater memories that I have of going to see theater was my grandpa's favorite show was Carousel. And he was notoriously the biggest penny pincher for all time. And he actually took me to the free seats and we watched Carousel through binoculars. I, I probably was four, maybe five. And I experienced the Muni for the first time like that. And my grandpa passed away when I was a senior in high school. So it had been a a long time, but I just remember the pride of getting cast And my immediate thought was of him and how much he would have loved 
to see me on stage. Yeah. And that was pretty awesome. But I have to say, like, just being a St. Louisan and then getting to perform in St. Louis at the Muni was just mind-blowing. Amazing. <laughs> Tell me what happens from the time that you get that phone call that you know you're going to be in the show to when rehearsals start. It's a long time. I wish that it was sooner because, you know, you get so excited about doing these shows and then you have to wait. But basically what happens is you get the call. You're very excited. It's amazing. Sometimes you have to figure out what your season then looks like. Being an actor, especially a professional actor in St. Louis, there are a lot of theater companies that cast during the summer. And unfortunately, some of them conflict. So you have to kind of look at this matrix. There are so many things that go into it. If you're an equity actor, the health insurance is amazing, but you have to work a certain number of weeks. So weeks come into factor. And of course, money comes into factor. And of course, roles come into factor. But another thing that comes into factor is the joy, the joy of performing a show. So that definitely affects your decision-making. And I will say this year, getting Sweeney and getting to sing that music and work with director Robert Gero, who is amazing. I think this is my fifth show with him. I really respect him as a director. He makes beautiful shows and Sweeney is his wheelhouse. He is going to make that amazing. And Jim Moore is the music director and I've worked with him now twice. And he just has an understanding of music and especially Sweeney being Sondheim and being so layered mm -hmm. and it being a vocally challenging show. I was so excited to do Sweeney. So that's what I talk about when joy outrules some other things. That's definitely part of the process. You get a call. You don't necessarily always accept offers right off the bat. And you kind of look at what's been offered to you and you're very thankful and very grateful that you have to make these decisions and you kind of have to figure out what the puzzle piece is. So you do that. And then a little later on, Sue Greenberg, who is company manager here at the Muni, she sends you this amazing packet in the mail. I love being on social media and a lot of people who it's their first Muni show, they actually take pictures of that packet because it's got the big Muni letterhead sticker on it and you sign all your contracts, you do all that, and then you wait till first rehearsal, which for a lot of people is like first day of school, and you walk into the music room actually where we're having this interview and it's your first day of school and you meet people and you talk to people and you sign more paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> there is so much paperwork and so many contracts and initials and your name getting signed. And you know, then you go through that whole process. What's different about being in a Muni show? Muni has a very intense process. You essentially rehearse for 11 to 14 days, an entire show, and then you put it up for a week. So it's this very intense process. I liken it to summer camp. I've heard more than one person describe it that way. If you're a camp person and you understand that, you understand that these bonds are formed so quickly and so intensely with these people that you've just met, that you don't necessarily live in the same city with, it has this very camp-like vibe. It's really hot out. You're dealing with bugs. 
you're sweating on each other a whole lot all the time, all the time. There's a lot of sweat. You know, you're massaging things. You become very close very quickly here at the Muni. <laughs> I'm ruining all the Muni magic. I feel so terrible. I'm like pulling away the curtain and you're just seeing these sweaty actors just making friends. That makes it more magical because you picture that and then you see what happens on stage. How did that get from there to here? I, well, I'm glad that that's the picture that you see. <laughs> I just basically see like my mascara dripping down my face and my hair huge and just covered in sweat and trying to make friends. It's very much like being a middle schooler trying to make friends at camp. It's <laughs> very similar. But that's kind of the joy and the difference of the Muni. And it's amazing because there is this aspect of Muni magic where you are putting together something huge in such a small amount of time. We only rehearse from 10 to six during the day. So, and we don't get a day off. We get a daylight day of rest, <laughs> which is, it has a lovely name, but it just means that you don't go into rehearsal till about like one or two one day. You get like a reprieve of being sweaty for a few hours. It's just so intense and so amazing. And I think it makes the Muni experience even more precious because it's so ephemeral. Most shows run at least for more than one week, but you only get one week to do it. And so you have to put in the work beforehand and then you come to rehearsal being as prepared as you can be and then you meet all these people and form these very intense bonds. And then you perform for one week and then it's over. It's amazing. And I've made some incredible friendships that actually have lasted, even though I've only actually known these people for three weeks. Right. Thus the whole camp feeling. Does that make it extra heartbreaking when those weather issues like with Hello Dolly arise and you don't even get the full week? Sure. I mean, I think that that's disappointing. I think it would be disappointing if we were doing it for seven weeks to not be able to do a show, especially with something like Hello Dolly, where it was just a freaking magical, wonderful show. But I will say we had this live band and they, a couple of the nights that we got rained out, they actually went out in the awnings when people were leaving and they played, oh. they played people out to their parking lot. So although it's kind of bittersweet, things like that happen and then it just makes it more special. It really is like Muni Magic is real. It's alive and well, we no believe. matter what. We, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. What three words would you use to describe the Muni? I would use... I think I actually just used it. I would use ephemeral. It's a good word. It very much is like a flower blooming. Mm -hmm. You get this little bud and then you get this opening and then you get this closing. So it's this great little cyclical moment in life. So I would say ephemeral. I would say sweaty because there's no escaping it. Right. It's joyful. Once again, I love it, but it is sweaty. And I would say fulfilling. Thanks for listening to Classic 107.3's Attuned. There's more great content on our website, classic1073.org slash podcasts. There you'll find all of the available episodes, plus show notes, pictures, links, and more.